Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Killer Fun, where we explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. I'm Christy. And I'm Jackie. And today, today, we're talking about Gunther's Millions, or if you ask all of his handlers, Gunther. Gunther's Millions. Gunther. Yes. What a very good boy. Here, Gunther. Here, Gunther. He is so cute, though. He is, man, his whole little bloodline, very adorable. I mean, really sweet. Very, very cute. What I mean, I have a little bit of an affinity for German Shepherd type dogs because mine is German Shepherd mix. Yes, exactly. And so I just think the world of her, even though the mix makes her a little less smart than a full blooded, <laughs> a little less German Shepherdy. That's but right. It's definitely there. Oh, it's definitely there. It's definitely there. Yeah. I love German Shepherds. Yeah. I think they're adorable. They're adorable, and they're trainable and uh, but they're also appropriately scary uh-huh like i kind of like the scary dog thing you know i don't know if you ever scroll instagram <laughs> reels but mm-hmm. it's the whole we get a dog because we want them to be scared and then they pair it with a video of some dog like you know upside yeah. down and uh-huh. silly might, yeah smiling with the yeah. tongue out the like, mouth like not and- intimidating at all uh-huh. but i actually really do and my dog is appropriately scary too that's right so, she's got know. a good bark oh yeah. yeah she looks a little aggressive right until you get real up close and then you're like mm, okay <laughs> yeah. not much is going on there <laughs> it's a little blank it's a little like just i don't know treats yeah fun treats fun cuddles uh-huh. that's what we're going bark 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 yeah Got it. Yeah. So there's not really a cast for us to talk about. Not not so much. No, because I mean it's it's people who were involved. Yes. With Gunter's trust. Yes. Gunter's corporation and yeah. I mean there was a director, Aurelian Liturgy, uh, has worked as a producer and or director on a bunch of documentaries and reality type TV shows and. Little People, Big World was like oh, one of his big things that he he did that for yeah, like a whole season. Okay. But that was a while ago. And then there's Lee Dalberg, who's the former spokesperson for Gunther and Ed Arenas, who is the casting director for the Burgundians. These people mm-hmm. have Hollywood ties and some experience in the industry, but... I wouldn't really call them cast. No, because it's a documentary. Right. So, I mean, the cast is the cast of characters. Right. Happens to be. And there's no, like, reenactments with... No. <laughs> with people that you can really call cast. No. I actually appreciated the uh, avoidance of the reenactment trap. Yeah. Right. They showed, yeah. There were a lot of pictures. There was a lot of documented well that way and, and yes. some video. I think the only reenactments they did was having dogs run around the property 
looking adorable. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, because those are I, like but as famous as Gunther was and the Burgundians and how they did it. They were documenting a lot. So, have you ever heard of any of this? Oh no, 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 me either. No, 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 not at all. I mean, I should have because it seems like I would have been paying attention. At the I, all the time, a lot of this stuff was happening. I feel like the IRB should have known about it. <laughs> um, that's International Review Board for uh-huh. those who are listening. Um, yeah, they should have known about it, but they took specific steps to avoid the IRB. And I'm like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll have so many thoughts about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yes. many thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. So shall I recap quickly? Yes, because right. we did two episodes, you and me. Two episodes. That we're going to recap. Which is half. Yes, and you're, you've are you finished oh, it. Oh, I kept going. So um, so you're going to try not to spoil certain things for me. R- right. So listeners, you're in luck today. I mean, right. I'm not going to spoil things for you. I'm not going to spoil things for listeners who haven't watched this or don't know much about it. But if you've had like even a tertiary uh acquaintance sort of situation with this. There are things you probably already know and I wouldn't be spoiling it for you, but you don't know those things. So I'm not going to spoil it for you. Okay. So there is a very elaborate story of a heartbroken countess who leaves a fortune to her beloved German shepherd, Gunther the third. Gunther was not only her dog, but her severely depressed son who committed suicide at just 26, despite having access to basically everything. Yes, he wanted for nothing. Right. Uh, Without close family, uh, the money was left in a trust to benefit the dog and honor the interest and memories of her lost son. From elite playthings like yachts and planes to uh, expensive, extensive real estate holdings to literal pop groups, uh, there is a decadence that is overwhelming. Okay. Yeah, that's that's it. That's it. It's a hedonistic. Uh, I, I don't. I, what word? No, there. Nothing else matters. It was hedonistic. Right. That's it. Period. Boop. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting. But it was hedonistic, for the purpose. And that's what makes this super interesting. I mean, ish, ish. But yeah. I. I yeah. I. I. Okay. So, people really don't like an unhappy ending. Oh, they really don't. They they really don't. And uh, this is the only spoiler I'm going to give for you. There are laws broken and nefarious things happening, and nobody gets punished for it at the end. Well, there you so, go. So uh, the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is just 17% approval. Mm. And I'm going to expect that they didn't exactly uncover some fountain of truth about happiness and wellness either. Mm-hmm. Right, which is so, what they're looking for. Yeah. Right. Purportedly. Purportedly, and yet also, I yeah. See, this is where my lots of opinions comes in. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll get to there with the psychology uh, break. I, I mean, I hope so. And if I don't get to something you want to talk about. Psychology break is coming. Because yes. it's a total break in psychology. Yeah. <laughs> Follow us down. <laughs> it is crazy. Uh, and I know we don't normally do like reviews of stuff yeah. anymore, but. Um, I don't have a lot of other other things to talk about on this side of the break, and I thought this one had some interesting Ooh, points yeah. from Slate. Hit me. Um, as the docuseries runs its course, we realize it's not the smaller scandals Netflix wants us to gawk at, but rather, more boringly, the existence of the story itself. But that, okay, but, all right. But the, all <sighs> of the little scandals come in 
to make the whole story. Yes. Okay, so there was a recent... So many little scandals. There's little scandals, and but the story itself, that's the point. So there's this, uh, I don't know, I was listening to Apple News, and there was this story queued up about um, documentaries and how they've become so commercialized, and that because of their popularity, especially on streaming services, the services are pressing these documentarians to a formula Okay. That pushes a story. And in sure. fact, pitching a documentary includes pitching it with a treatment and with a story, an ideal of what's going on, whereas true documentary often doesn't know what the story is going to unfold to be. They're just following the story. And the story is the thing. This is actually closer to the story is the thing. You can't make this up. That's why it's amazing. Uh-huh. Right. I yeah. mean, if you made this up, people would say it's unbelievable. Right. You'd have to make it a comedy. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, seriously. Oh my gosh, this would make such a good comedy. <laughs> it really would. It would be right up there with Cocaine Bear. I mean, <laughs> which so I true. can't wait to see. I haven't seen it yet. Either. I well, it's not out yet. It's well, out. So we recorded. Oh, it came out yesterday. Because my husband went to go see it <gasps> in the theater on Friday. He I know, I know. I'm a little annoyed that She's he got to see She's making all the him. faces. I know, but this is what he promised. I promise I will go see it again. I promise I will go see it again. But they went to uh, go after their uh, work stuff in the morning, he oh. and a coworker. Oh. And so that was kind of their thing. And so they went and did that. Well, maybe he doesn't need to go see it again. Maybe, maybe just you and I need to go see it. I think Actually, though, great. I think my children might kill me because they both want to <laughs> see it too. And my yeah. youngest is like, I can't get in unless you're there. Though they did say, you know, overall, overall millions fun. Good. Good. You gotta, you gotta, it's better to go into it knowing that you're going to enjoy the ride Mm -hmm. than think that there's going to be some big gotcha moment at the end. Yeah. There's there's, no procedural twist. There are twists. Twists and turns for sure, Mm -hmm. but no procedural. Right. Necessarily. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Makes sense based on the first two episodes alone. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we're gonna take a real quick break. We'll be right back with "Is It True?" Psychology break and real life. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So here's how it works. Christy wrecks her search history. Hey, NSA, we promise it's nothing more nefarious than a podcast. To find out what's true, some of the psychological motivations behind the character's actions and real-life applications that relate to our topic. I have no idea what Christy decided to look up. Could be the same thing that captured my curiosity or something I never thought of. 
Is it true? So, can you even leave money to a pet? I think you can. Okay, well, yes and no. You can leave it to them in a trust. In a trust. But according to Mental Floss and the experts that they spoke with, technically no, because animals are considered property. Okay, but... But you can you do the trust? Can you, you set can, up a trust with can, a caretaker? Yes, you can set up a trust with a caretaker and uh, have a, oh, let me see, like a trustee. You have a couple of people that have to be involved. So you have okay. like a trustee, trustee who manages the money and then somebody who's actually taking care of the creature. It can be the same person, but it doesn't have to be. Usually if, you're, if you have a good attorney, they're going to tell you don't make those two people the same mm-hmm. because then the caretaker could abuse it. The caretaker and the trustee could still abuse it. Yeah. It's they, they said it's not a situation that they would recommend. What they would recommend is that you bequeath the dog to someone and give that someone money and make sure it's somebody you trust mm-hmm. to care for your animal. Yeah. But it does happen uh, that people will set up trusts, particularly when it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Often the family will contest it, and there's a lot of reasons why they can contest it. Uh, they can challenge it, and then it's not a great situation. I mean, it's, it's so difficult. It's it's you like, gotta really have people that you trust. Yeah, but it's a lot of money, so. A lot. Typically, when you're talking, I mean, most people, if something happens to them, they just have like a friend that's, you know, will you take my dog if something happens to me? Right. But if you've got all of those millions, I guess it could be if you were, if you were so inclined, it could be that you are saying, I don't trust anybody with this money, so I'm going to put it in a trust in my animal's name. Right. That way, the person is always a trustee of and then can be challenged for whether they're following the will or right. following whatever. And that way, it's nobody's real, nobody's actual money. Right. You know? Yeah. Which you might say, like, and that maybe, maybe for that amount of money, that takes care of the animal and the bloodline mm-hmm. that makes them far but see okay, okay this but is a bloodline the blood not line, just a dog the bloodline thing really muddies the water and it makes does. it a really unusual because situation. we're talking about a sire basically right. what we're saying is your trust is is of the sire right for this bloodline which for dogs doesn't make as much sense like maybe if you were talking about a horse yeah right it would make more sense in that way like with the bloodline okay well certain you know traits or whatever yeah because you're not just going to be like hey can you take care of my horse if something happens to me right my my award-winning sire horse like that you wouldn't necessarily do you would want the horse to continue to be able to do what it does and you know it is i don't know this is a very unusual situation and it's rare that it would happen it's rare i mean i don't know maybe the meow mix cat (laughs) <laughs> you know, maybe. maybe if they're famous. Yeah. If they're like the face of something. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that a little later. So Gunther took a couple of forays into music. Oh. I'm oh, going to put oh, quotes around yeah, the music. Let's do some air quotes here. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, uh, the Wild Dog group ended after just one terrible album. Um, and then the Burgundians, as far as I can tell, 
never really released music. No. Like they, they uh, rehearsed and they danced and they made appearances. But as far as I can tell, they never released any music because it wasn't really about their musical talent. Of which they had none. At all. At all. Right. They, they were, it they was not about neither, that. They could neither sing nor dance. No, this whole like pop group, it was a shell. Oh, yes. For, for other his, his other things. Right. His other things that the IRB should have known about. Uh, right. But yeah. what is a Burgundian? I mean. I was like, I got to look this up. So, okay, what is a Burgundian? <laughs> the Burgundians were an early Germanic tribe. So, oh. yes. So they kind of are around the geographical Bourgogne, which is Burgundy, which is France-ish, old, long mm-hmm. time ago. Right. There was a lot more fluidity and territory boundaries. Yeah. So Burgundians were people from Burgundy, basically. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And yeah, so that, that makes sense. That, but they also had a... Um, a relationship to the Duchy of Burgundy. So there's a bit of a royal connection there. Okay. And so... Some of this is coming back. Okay. As you say this. Okay. So they had this... Uh, there were a political group of dukes who had uh, control over Burgundy and parts of what are now Belgium and Southern Netherlands. Yeah. So... That because of this like royal connection, they kind of had a um, reputation for being kind of uh, elite and very, they were Nordic. And so they had this sort of classical sort of yeah. Aryan good looks. Okay. And I've read all- a book about this. Oh, okay. A fiction book. Okay. Philippa Gregory. Oh, did she do one? I'm almost positive. Really? Okay, readers, you got to go research this. Uh-huh. But I'm pretty sure one of her like little short series, okay, well, or something was was a thing about this. This, it, but oh, okay, the, yeah. But they had this like it's difficult to know for sure whether they really had this like beautiful cachet where they were mm-hmm. very elite and poised and lovely and had a taste for finer things because they could afford them. But that's kind of where the mystique okay. comes from, whether or not that actually happened. That's kind of, I guess in Europe, more of a, a Burgundian would be something that people understood to be kind of See, like the bourgeoisie. When you say it that way, uh-huh. that's what I picture. Picture. Okay. But when they were talking about the pop group, uh-huh. it didn't even pop in my head. But when you say the Burgundians, I hear it. Like uh-huh. I hear Eddie Izzard making fun of it. Like, aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. That's awesome. okay, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So, but I had no okay. idea. I was okay. like, okay. Wow. Yeah. No, I yeah. really didn't have an idea, but certain memories are popping up yeah. and somebody's going to have to put them all together because yeah. I don't think they're really like, okay. mm, I don't know. Yeah. Sailing it yet? <laughs> well, so we just so we just started talking about it. Maybe it'll come to you. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of the Burgundians, uh, so they and the dog had to live under thirteen commandments. Oh, oh, that was so weird. It's super weird. What are these thirteen? Oh commandments? my god, let's go through that. Let's let's talk about this. Okay. So traditionalism, don't do it. Basically, <laughs> is the first one. You will never be a traditionalist or conservative. <laughs> I'm like, 
well, this is a bad look for liberals. I mean, this is not good. No, don't lump them in with liberals, please. This is not good. Uh, Science and research. You will participate because they will make your pleasure greater. Okay. Uh, Festivals, amusement, and work. Life is an endless festival. You should be amused. Amused? (laughs) You should be amused by your work. Okay. Yeah. And it's easy to say when you've got a gigantic trust fund. Uh, Family and marriage. Abolish the family. Oh, oh, I have thoughts about that too. Okay. Well, keep going. Keep going. Okay. Drugs, the right to joy, and the right to hurt oneself. Oh, see? Oh, yeah, I know. So many thoughts. Yeah, there's like all these things I cannot get behind. Sex is number six. <laughs> Make love with science whenever you want and with whomever you like. So very much a <laughs> let's harken back to the 60s and the free love. I mean, uh, but like a lot more. Like, like hedonistic. But, yeah, hedonistic, but also... I mean, just a pathological hedonism, though. Yeah, because it's not—he—they're not really free. No, because they have to live by all these rules. You know, they have—they have to. So, is it really free love when you have to? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, okay. Music. If you play music, it will help you make science. Make science. Make make science. She blinded me with science. <laughs> All right. That might not be far off where this came from. Uh, Sport. Exercising will make you a better lover. Basically. Country and boundaries. Abolish all countries and all nations. Okay. All right, then. I mean, arms and technology. Don't make war. Make intelligent love. That that I can get behind. I mean... (laughs) But get off so many thoughts, and every woman I think out there knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's right. You know what makes you intelligent? Anatomy classes. There you go. That helps. Yes, mm-hmm. that would help. Study with culture. The more you study, the better you are. The okay. More you know. <laughs> okay. Wealth. Be rich. <laughs> okay. Um. Sure. Check. What? (laughs) How? I mean, be rich when you're the trustee of a wealthy dog. Uh Okay. Yeah. And beauty and intelligence. If you're smart, you will make love better. Again, not wrong. Better lover. This right, exactly. But this is a big exercise, and you're not wrong. But But, (laughs) like, you're not wrong. But the point, just like you surround. Face first into it, and you still can't see it. Yeah. Okay. I guess if we have no nations, then there's no reason to have war. And if everybody can just love one another, then that'd be great. Utopia. Like, he's trying to create utopia. And there's not a lot of realism going on there. No. Be rich. Be rich. The problem is that these are, well, commandments of a caretaker who is controlling other people's lives. So even though it might sound very free and like idealistic, it's not. They're lab rats. Right. Right. You know, and so I... 
Gosh. Yeah, it's terrible. These poor people. It is. I mean, I kind of feel a little bad for them. I really do, too. Uh, but uh, man, I do. I'm, like, trying to qualify it, being like, well, you know, they were adults and they do this. They were young people. Yeah, they were very young. very much were made to believe it's one thing mm-hmm. when it's something else. And, and it's slow. The temperature slowly changed. Right. So it takes people a long time to figure out, wait, that's not what happened. That's not what's happening here. Right. Yeah. Like, why is this guy studying us all yeah. the time? And like, what, what is he writing? And why is, why oh my God, there cameras there's cameras in the bedroom. Like this is, you know, not what you signed up for. No, no, no. The, Istituto Gentili, the pharmaceutical company that mm-hmm. Maurizio Mayan's family created, was real. Was real. They really did. His grandfather really did. Mm-hmm. Found it in 1917. Now they do oncology and onconohematology mm-hmm. research. And they really did come up with alendronate, Mm -hmm. which is the main component in a lot of osteoporosis medications. My mom was actually in the study. Oh, yeah. For this. Wow. Yeah, which I didn't realize until I was like, holy smokes. Like when they were getting their FDA approval. Yeah. Yeah. She was in in a blind study. For the bone density. uh, For the bone density medications. Yeah. I think she was on the placebo. But... Wow, that's so interesting. I mean, but that was an interesting part of it because he was talking about how they did this thing and then they sold the company because they had accomplished what they set out to do, which was to do something good and amazing. And they were like, okay, well, what can come after that? Well, so that they sold it and then they transferred to the next like goal. Sure. Sure. I mean, mean, that's, I don't know. I don't know how true it is, but also like, it seems like it's not. It seems like they were actually kind of trying to find the opposite, but I don't know. Well, that's how research works. But like eventually you end up creating like some, some, something that's like of worth and they're like, okay, well move on to the next thing. Yeah. Basically what they ended up finding was how to make Mm -hmm. sure that your body doesn't reabsorb the calcium from Mm -hmm. your bones. Right. Causing osteoporosis. Which is great. Right. And so move on. And it is. It's a wonderful medication that's done a lot of great things. So that's good. I mentioned Maurizio Mion. Uh, Gunter's handler, the man behind the mongrel, if mm-hmm. you will. He and his ex-wife, Carla, had a pretty interesting relationship. Yeah. They got divorced, mm-hmm. but remained really close. Yeah. And how common is that? It's- you know, I wonder about that because I think sitcoms have a s- kind of, you know, messed up about that. Yeah. Because... I don't I don't see it a lot in real life. Right. But I also see it more in art. Okay. Like this ideal that like maybe we weren't good as a couple, uh-huh. but maybe we could still, but we're okay as friends. Right. Like, okay, we sucked as a couple, but we're mm-hmm. good friends and we've created a good family and that's how we're the best relationship. That's right. how we're the best. But I think that's just kind of an ideal... It's definitely the exception and not the rule. I do know uh, a couple of different couples who broke up and remained really close friends. Mm -hmm. That had a sexuality component to it uh, that made the breakup nobody's fault. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I'm thinking of one particular couple. He was gay and did not want to admit that to himself. So, you know, when he finally did, then he and his wife split up. They got divorced, but they still do Christmas and vacation. He's married to a man. There wasn't betrayal involved. There was not betrayal involved. So that that made the difference, Mm -hmm. I think. And um, they had been best friends forever. It made sense. And she probably had an inkling. That's a little different. Yeah. That's a little different. So I I know a a couple of different couples who were like that, Mm -hmm. um, who've remained really close, but there's not, there's not a, uh, another spouse of the same gender involved. And so that makes it different somehow. And there's not an immense amount of personal pain, not just betrayal, like with adultery. I mean, like betrayal as in you've betrayed my kindness, my trust, our, you know, like we've been ugly to each other. Like there's just not hurt in that way. Right. That's hard to overcome. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess I'd like to think that these individuals can come back around for the sake of kids and things like that but well leave it law firm has a blog post about this and they have some suggestions about things you should consider if you want to stay friends with your ex Mm. it's good to stay friends with them because it gives you a chance to forgive one another for whatever transgressions may have happened okay during the relationship but it doesn't give you time to grieve the end of the marriage yeah no matter how amiable it was, you need some time to grieve the end of it. Um, if you're parenting, it can help make that transition easier. Um, but you do need to take some time away from your spouse to figure out who you are. Yeah. Who are you as not a part of that couple? Cause Mm -hmm. like it or not, your family and friends think of you as intertwined with your spouse. Yeah. And, Do you know who you are without being a part of a couple? Yeah. And that's and that's hard, though, because mm-hmm. I feel like that takes both partners wanting to do that, right. which means being kind on multiple levels. Which and unfortunately, really if they were kind on multiple levels, <sighs> maybe, they maybe they wouldn't be getting divorced. <laughs> so there was this saying that never made sense to me until way later. Never marry somebody you wouldn't want to be divorced from. Uh-huh. And if you know, you know. That. And if you don't know, just trust me. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you wouldn't want to be on that person's bad side and be divorced from them, uh-huh. that's actually the type of character that will leak out in the way that they treat you during the marriage. Right. That's what that means. Right. And if you do get divorced, it's going to be ugly. Awful. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And if you do want to go ahead and try to remain friends Do take the time to grieve the loss of that marriage. Make sure that if there are children involved, they understand the situation, that you are not getting back together Mm -hmm. because it can be really confusing for them. Oh, right. So, I mean, boundaries are really important. Uh, Avoid physical intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. It's comfortable. Because if it's it's all of those things, you could probably make the marriage work. Right. If all of those things, you could probably make the marriage work. Right. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. People I mean, come at me. That's not the same thing as you were 
ugly to each other because you had to be, or you were betrayed and then divorced and they were awful. And then time has softened it into something bitter. And then that bitterness has softened then again over time to forgiveness and some sort of relationship. That is not what I'm talking about. No, no. I'm talking about like friends out the gate. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's really, that's what's not, that is super rare. Yeah. And I would say, uh, probably something a lot of people try and not a lot of people succeed at. Yeah. But it's not the same thing as like parents who have been divorced for quite some time and have softened into like this extended family. Of right. Like, you know, maybe they've remarried. They've mm-hmm. all kind of come together. It's like all like, it's fine. Right. It's water under the bridge. We've hashed it out. We've given. Uh-huh. Right. You know, this that's is, different. That's different. You know. Yeah. There's a reason why I know several couples who got divorced and then got remarried because they were mad at each other and went mad enough to go all the way through the divorce and then they just couldn't quit each other. Yeah. So they decided we might as well combine finances. It's cheaper. <laughs> I mean, you know, it would have been cheaper not getting divorced in the first so place. In the first place. Gosh, <laughs> that is expensive. Yeah, no joke. Lee Dalberg. Uh, it's difficult to know what he knew and when he knew it because he worked for Gunter for... Nearly two decades. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you really want to know, he's on Cameo. <laughs> of course he's on Cameo. For $29, you can get a personalized Ooh. video from him. He is a steal on Cameo. He is a steal on Cameo. <laughs> Which is fine, because I bet he'll do it shirtless if you ask, because he's adorable. He is adorable. He's adorable in the very like objectified sort of way. Well, he was a model. I mean, that I was mean, his thing. Like, yeah. he was a model. So he's cute. Yeah, he's pretty cute. Yeah. But he's a model. So, like, he knows how to do it. You yeah. know? Yeah. And and <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm thinking of the Ben Stiller movie. With the <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Zoolander. There you go. I'm like, yeah, I did the thing. I did the same thing you we did. did the, the, the duck lips where you suck in your cheeks. We didn't say anything. Like people are watching us right now. We both looked at each other with the duck face. Go ahead and post your best like Zoolander face. Yeah, exactly. Show us your Zoolander. <laughs> oh my gosh. I haven't seen that movie in so long. I bet it does not hold up well. Oh, I don't know because those movies are stupid funny. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
all of the sources that we use to inform our discussion here on Killer Fun Podcast can be found on our social media. Join us on Facebook at Killer Fun Podcast, exploring the intersection of crime and entertainment. You can find us on Twitter at Killer Fun Pod, or you can send us an email at KillerFunPodcast at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to share a link to whatever information you're looking for. We love to hear from you. You might learn a little something too. Psychology break. Oh, please. We're here. Yes. 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 Okay. Let's start with what you can learn about somebody if they're a dog person or a cat person. Ooh, <laughs> that's fun. Okay. All right. So psychology today. You can be a dog person or a cat person or neither or both. There's a lot of combinations. And of course, none of this is... If you're a dog person, you can have cat person traits. If you're a cat person, you're going to have dog person traits. Mm-hmm. None of this is hard and fast, but it's fun. It's it, it is fun. Have you seen that? There's a comedy, uh, Little Real, and she's like, I'm a cat person, but I'm also a dog person because I'm effing reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. All right. That's awesome. All right. So owning a dog is a social experience you take your dogs on a walk you take them to a park if you have a really cute dog people are going to stop you and want to talk to you about your dog and Mm -hmm. say hello to your dog yeah your dog and they're a lot more work than cats they need walks Mm -hmm. they need like your attention they are much more needy in general Uh, in general that's right so maybe by nature you're a person who's a little more accommodating mm-hmm. and willing to work harder in relationships. This is a thing that you could derive. Maybe you're willing to have a more complicated relationship mm-hmm. because you have a little more patience for it. But people who have cats generally have a longer commitment because cats typically live longer than dogs. That's true too. So maybe... You know, there's somebody who's willing to make a longer commitment, but with less hands-on work throughout the way. Um, and they say, it's worth saying that a cat owner may be a misnomer, since cats tend to own their people. It's true. It's true. You Maybe you want a relationship where the partner is a little more self-sufficient mm-hmm. if you're a cat person. Cats won't expand your social circle. But uh, cats are primarily the stars of Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Nobody, fewer people, not nobody, fewer people are spending a lot of time looking at dog photos and dog videos. Yeah. It's the cats who rule the social media. It's true. Yeah. Cats are funny. Science has ferreted out some generalities. Okay, hit me. Dog people tend to be more extroverted. Mm-hmm, okay. Cat people score higher in intelligence and are more intellectually curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pet you identify with may reflect your view of the world. <laughs> in general, <laughs> liberals tend to be cat people and conservatives tend to be dog people. But it's good to note Bill Clinton and George W. Bush both had a cat and a, and dog, a dog in, in yeah. the White House. Mm-hmm. So and that does, tracks with both of their presidencies. That, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I have dogs and I have a cat. Right. 
And uh, yeah, so I'm definitely one of those. I have both sides. Mm-hmm. I have both sides. Yeah. And not to mention, I have a husky. I've had a husky uh-huh. her whole life. And then I have a husky mix now. So that's a whole different type of needy. It is. Because they're they're like uber neurotic. <laughs> and that's what's funny. Right. Yes. This mm-hmm. is this is why you like them. I, this is why I like them. <laughs> the neuroses is what appeals to you. <laughs> Because they do the dumbest things, and mm-hmm. it's so funny. Yeah. It makes my day. Mm-hmm. But um, but I also I love my cat. Mm-hmm. I love cats. Your cat is dog like though. Well, my I do. Right now I have a bangle. Right. So she so he we've had him since he was five mm-hmm. and um adopted him. And he is he's a whole different world. But before that, I had my Kit Kat that I had since she was six weeks. Oh. Until she died uh-huh. when she was 18. Yeah. So yeah, that so was long time. Long, long time. Right. See, we used to have cats. We only had a couple of good cats in a string <laughs> in a string of many cats. So yeah, they all they all had their neuroses mm-hmm. eventually. And uh yeah, it was So I have never had more than one cat at a time. Okay. We- that speaks because I, I had cats who they were the they were yes queen. Mm-hmm. Like Kit Kat ruled. Right. And she was, it was mean Kit Kat, you know, mm-hmm. like against the world. But, you know, she did eventually live with a dog, but not another cat. cat. Mm-hmm. So I've never experienced two cats in the same oh, house. That was actually two of the best cats we had mm-hmm. were brothers. Oh. Taken from their mom a little too early. So they. Do they chew your shirt and stuff? No, they would 69 one another and suck one another's oh. nipples. Oh. Uh-huh. They would lay on the bed and suck on one another's nipples. Oh my gosh. It was heartbreaking, very cute but and, cute. Uh-huh. And yeah. They they got they got into a lot of trouble. <laughs> See, that's what I never had uh-huh. to deal with. There's uh-huh. only so much trouble one cat can get into. Yeah. Well, you know, when the smart one is the instigator, then mm-hmm. the dumb one follows along and does. And now that is where, see, my cat and my dog, uh-huh. <laughs> they, they do, they do conspire. Uh-huh. Uh, you okay. Know, they have conspired right. before. Yeah. So, so you kind of experienced I mean, that. a little bit, yeah. but not like, not like two cats. Yeah. You know, together. Well, the dog I have now is my first dog. I've okay, never, yeah. never had a dog Two before. dogs usually lessens the trouble. Sure. They have each other. Right. They don't get as much in trouble. Right. They play. They, mm-hmm. It's a little easier with the two dogs. Okay. One dog gets very bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, but my dog is kind of cat-like. Because a little bit. <laughs> especially yes. the older she gets, yeah. she's a little more cat-like. That's true. She's on the older side, so yeah. there's less trouble all around. Right. So. Yeah. 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 All right, so Maurizio, he's searching for happiness. He's mm-hmm. he's really he's struggling, and uh, so that's the whole point behind the Burgundians is yes. he's trying to find happiness. Um, but what he doesn't seem to understand is that happiness is not a destination. It's not a place you get to. It's not a place you get to live in. Happiness is an emotion. It is yeah. a thing that you experience for a while and then it fades or ends or whatever and then a new emotion takes its place. Yeah, and it's hard because each study tends to operationalize happiness or joy a little differently. Right. So you have to pay attention to like 
when you're reading this stuff, like how does it operationalize, you know? Because mm-hmm. a lot of the literature will switch them. So like religious literature will say joy is that underlying um, peace. Okay. That's like a long lasting mindset and mood. And um, happiness is the fleeting emotion. Right. And a lot of uh, literature in and uh, psychology often flips it and they'll call joy that fleeting emotion and a deep happiness, like just being a happiness. Like Mm -hmm. that's so whichever one you use, there's a difference between the fleeting emotion of positivity and the deep seated peace Uh, of positivity. Positivity isn't the same thing as happiness though. No, it's not, but a positive emotion. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uplifting versus sure. a negative. Like, sure, sure. Like, you know, because in that respect, a negative thing can be objectively good. Right. But also a positive thing can be objectively bad. Right. So even too much, quote, happiness uh-huh. is not necessarily healthy as their hedonistic lifestyle yeah. Yeah. began to prove. There you go. Because they're not rabbits. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Dr. Odile Girdle Craybill had an article about this in Psychology Today. Happiness is not a destination. Um, and she says that no matter how you define happiness, it is a temporary state. Mm-hmm. That sadness and pain are just, they're a part of life. They're unavoidable. Now you can mitigate Mm -hmm. the effect that they have on your life, but they are going to be a part of your life. And that the idea that happiness is a destination you get to in and of itself can cause pain. Oh, definitely. So that if you feel like you can never get there, get to that point, then that's a painful situation. And that especially in an age of social media, we do a lot of comparison. Look at them. They're so happy. Of course, we're seeing a highlight reel. And that can make you feel like you've not achieved the happiness that is it's somehow elusive to you. And that pain can manifest in false cheerfulness. People ha- can have a drive for material success that ultimately makes yeah. them unhappy. Or they, they try to... Uh, some diversionary tactics, which, uh, you know, substance abuse, yeah, which is, you know, one of the 13 commandments yeah. is that like, go ahead and use the drugs. Use the drugs. Yeah. It's so hard. That deep seated joy, happiness is really what you're talking about is peace and hope. Sure. It's, it's the, the biggest dichotomy in the research is the difference between hope and despair. Mm-hmm. You know, because happiness is so fleeting. Even if you try to operationalize joy and define it differently, they're really just synonyms. In my opinion, I'm looking at all of that and I'm looking at all the religious writings and really happiness and joy are just synonyms. What we really need, what provides safety long-term in our soul is like peace and hope. Sure. Hope. Right. Because even depression is... You know what part of depression is most correlated with suicide, which is what mm-hmm. is the yeah there's one of the, the catalyst here for right. why they're trying to figure out is despair. Yeah, the idea that nothing will ever change and that there's a lack of agency. Mm. These things are big. Well, if you don't have agency to change things, there's like this despair. That's not the same thing as being depressed. But despair often comes after depression. Like you're kind okay. of de- so. It's really hard because you know happiness is 
fleeting. But the question is, how do you work for a general deep-seated peace that helps you to see hope? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Well, that that leads us into CNET's article, How to Be Happy According to Scientists. Okay. So, again, it's not a permanent state, but there are things that you can do to nurture an overall mm-hmm. state of well-being. Yes, there you go. Uh-huh. Overall state of well-being. Uh, they, I like that. They focus on connection, compassion, gratitude, and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Enhance your social c- connections when you're able to. Mm-hmm. Groups have to spend time with people, particularly yeah. people who are positive, tend to be helpful. They can mm-hmm. be influencing. It, yeah. it can be difficult to do when you're an adult. It can be difficult. You know, I mean, and that's some of the things that these yeah. that these tend to overlook, that if you are having a hard time making friends mm-hmm. as an adult because of the way our society is structured, it can be challenging. It can be difficult to enhance those social connections. But wherever yeah. you're able to do so. Right. Look for a hobby. Sure. This is where getting involved with a hobby is helpful because you will innately then meet new people in that hobby and sure. you have something to connect with. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully that leads you like don't discount the power of a good acquaintance sure a power of a good acquaintance a power of a good just a friend not every friend has to be family right that was kind of like my my thing today i was in a you know one of those soapboxes you get on in your uh-huh. own head yeah about stuff because i saw this building about we choose our own family and i wanted to like give it the middle finger because <laughs> i was like okay yeah sure okay whatever but here's the thing when we talk about oh everyone is our family all of the people at our church is our family. We choose our all of our friends are family. We're doing two things. We're 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 really, you know, poo-pooing the idea of friends. Sure. And acting like that's not a thing. Right. But we also falsely inflate the importance of family. Mm-hmm. Family is its own definition and it provides its own thing to you in your life. And that might be some negative. And that's where your friends can be super helpful, Mm -hmm. but they don't need to usurp each other. Just like your family may or may not be your friends. Right. You may not be friends with your family because they're absolutely frustrating. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if your family is frustrating, why would you want to call your friends family? Obviously that's not a great, (laughs) right? but I mean, the truth is, Family is family and friends are friends and let's not let's not poo-poo the importance of either of them sure. by conflating them sure. or meshing them together. Sure. It's okay to have family and for what that does and what that's worth and what it contributes to our life and our lineage and our evolution as an individual, but also our friends contribute. So let's not gloss over what they contribute as a friend because a friend innately says, I chose you. Right. So let's not call that family because we didn't choose our family. Right. But also let's, let's put a, put a good, good standard upon our family to say, if you want a relationship with me, uh-huh. then there's the standard of friendship. Yeah. You have to choose to be in That's good relationship with me. And why don't we just say that? I don't know. In order to have access to me. Mm-hmm. These are standards you must reach. Right. And it's because I think that's that's what's so disappointing when we don't have good relationships with our parents. Like our 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 mom or our dad, say they they left early or mm-hmm. it just wasn't ever good, or a sibling, or or even extended family. Sometimes we grieve the fact that some people have these like giant, amazing big families and we don't. We don't have all these aunts and uncles and mm-hmm. these connections. But 
if we can think about it clearly, we can say that's family and I can appreciate that for what that is without holding them to a standard of friendship that's unattainable. Mm-hmm. We live in different states and didn't grow up together and hey, you know what? Some cousins are really close. I'm not close with my cousins, but that doesn't mean when I see them that there should be resentment or bitterness. No. Why can't I just appreciate our family connection sure. and be done there? I don't yeah, know. But like, see, that's my thought here. Like, uh, Mauricio couldn't appreciate that because no. uh, he wanted to abolish the family altogether. Yeah. Because he wanted to choose his own family, have friends. Yeah. Friends are wonderful. Mm-hmm. They're often closer than family, and that's, that's right. okay. That's right. We call that's it okay. family. Yeah, family. Mm-hmm. We got to say that. Like, yeah. we're family. But it's. But it's different. Family is is its own thing. It is its own thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Mauricio was trying to like do a whole thing with that, like get rid of all of that and we're all going to be. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying too hard. Bless his heart. Bless his heart is right. (laughs) I mean that in the most southern way possible. He is a sad, sad man. Uh Which is sad. Uh Uh-huh. He is. It breaks my heart a little bit. I do have compassion. Okay. Not a lot of sympathy. I do have compassion <laughs> for that that need because he was obviously very close to the real Gunther who mm. killed himself. Mm-hmm. And mm. he like his mom and like his You have no idea how close. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 guessing because of how he's reacting. Mm-hmm. That need to understand why. Mm-hmm. You know. Well. We'll see. I'll be interested to hear what you uh, think. Uh, So another thing that you can do to encourage an overall sense of well-being is engage in random acts of kindness. Yeah. And it can be simple things. It doesn't have to be monetary things. Just complimenting somebody Mm -hmm. on their hair or their clothing. Then when you see them or um, engaging with a coworker whom you don't see very often, Mm -hmm. making a point to stop by and ask them how they're doing. And, you know, that can be a kind thing that you can do. It doesn't cost anything. And it it will really help you as much as it helps them. Absolutely. Express gratitude. Mm-hmm. living on a latitude of gratitude, having mm-hmm. an, uh, grateful for what you do have mm-hmm. is always, uh, good for your sense of well-being. mindfulness. So exercises like meditation can uh, help your brain learn to focus on the present. Mm-hmm. So if you look too much to the past or too much to the future, it can be overwhelming yeah. or disheartening. If you can live in the moment, Not to say you shouldn't plan for the future or that you shouldn't reflect on your past, but being present is a good skill to have. Uh, Mm Self-compassion, this one's really hard um, because we tend to see self-criticism as a cultural value, particularly in the U.S. Uh, Self-shaming. Yeah, yes. Like you're critical of yourself Mm -hmm. and I didn't do this well enough or whatever. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's not it's not like the same thing as like, you know, critical feedback. Mm-hmm. We don't give ourselves good critical th- feedback where we're thinking critically about where we've been and how we want to go somewhere in a goal oriented. We get shameful about it. Yeah, we get you done messed up. Yeah, like and yeah. you suck. That's uh-huh. what we tell ourselves. That's, right. That's not critical. Right. And actually, if you because if you were to give feedback to a coworker about something or whatever, you wouldn't be like, well, just you suck. <laughs> 
No. That's shame. We all innately understand that when we're talking about like somebody, somebody else. else. Uh-huh. But then when we talk about ourselves, we're not good about saying, you know what? I think I'd like to have done that differently. I think I'll do that differently in the future. And it's one of the things you can do that can cultivate the most happiness mm-hmm. in your life is to have a warm, supportive inner voice. Yes. And it made me think of Stuart Smalley from SNL. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Where he'd sit and he'd do affirmations yes. and he'd always end it with you're good enough, you're smart enough and doggone it, people like, like you. Yes. And I'm like... You know what? It was funny. Yeah. And it was funny. It's funny because it's true. But it's also like really legitimately good for you. Yeah. Like just be kind to yourself. Yes. Be yeah. kind to yourself. There is one big caveat to all mm. of this. And that is race. Because almost all of the studies that are ever done on happiness are the participants are white and typically privileged in some way Mm -hmm. and the researchers are typically white and privileged in some way. So, you know, microaggressions can make it more challenging, but that Mm -hmm. also means that it is more important than ever to be kind to yourself. Yep. Well, and that's where I think the, the research on hassles comes in because there are what's called hassles and uplifts. These are, Interesting, and likely the studies still suffer from the same bias in some way. But I think that if you look at literature from a multi-approach, you know, perspective, like of different disciplines and stuff, what we see is the the removal of hassles often has the most impact on people's happiness mm-hmm. than the inclusion of positive. If you're if you go to work every day and it sucks. Uh-huh. Every <laughs> day there's new unhappy problems. Happy uh-huh. and and it's hard. And say you go to work every day and there's a new bruise and you're mad about it. Like it's awful. Like whatever you're doing is just bruising your body, bruising your heart, soul, mind, whatever it is. Then being nice to yourself at the end of the day and saying it's okay to feel badly about all the stuff that actually sucks in your life. You don't actually come out with a better well-being <laughs> because all you've done is actually increase clarity that your life sucks. Yeah, So sure. in that way, like hassles, uh, sometimes we don't realize how many hassles we're dealing with in our on our day. And so adding positive is actually overwhelming. Right. It's because it's one more thing to do. Yeah, it's just whack-a-mole. I don't know. It's just not right. Uh-huh. So removing hassles from your life. So sometimes it's about thinking about what in my day do I not have time for anymore? Right. And whether it's that person is always aggressive towards me, microaggressive, ugly, whatever, distance, out. Mm-hmm. Remove that hassle. Sometimes that act is an act of self-compassion. Mm. That's a behavioral act that mitigates something bad and shows your self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Now we're on a track towards some wellness, yeah, you know, huh. in that way. So removing hassles. Yeah, this is not FYI permission to like remove your husband and children at will. Okay, <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> be smart here, You're but, right? You know. Yeah, I mean, maybe that is working a cleaning person into your budget. Somebody who mm. can come in and do that thing that you hate cleaning, yep. and just take care of it for you. Or maybe it's giving yourself permission, working into your budget, I'm going to get fast food on this day, every day. Or, you know, I've streamlined my 
uh, meal planning. There we have go. we have certain days we do certain things. Now that there's a lot of flexibility, and we don't yeah. have exactly the same thing every single day, every single week, but it's always taco Tuesday. We always have taco salads on Tuesday. Right. And that is a hassle off of my plate. Yeah, there you go. And it's it's a meal that is easy. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes it. I don't have to think of a new meal for that day. Yeah, there you go. And it can be long-term too. If you, sure. if like the job thing, for instance, if you hate your job, giving yourself permission to say, I'm going to actively seek a different job. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. your private information. You don't have to tell anybody else. That's but right. making the decision to say, I'm not going to stay here forever. Uh-huh. I'm going to get out. And I'm going to actively work towards it. So you may not be able to change it overnight, but just knowing that you've made the decision that this isn't my life can be like, oh, it removes the hassle of that burden. Right. Right. That you're stuck. Right. Right. So we're, you know, there are different ways you can deal with that. But I hassles and uplift seems to be a little bit more you you know, universal um than than some other things. But mindfulness, you know, I'm a big fan of mindfulness. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I love mindfulness. So y'all can just hit us up on the socials <laughs> and I will tell you all the things you need to go read about. That's it. right. That's right. <laughs> all right, real life. So Lee described the revolving door of the Burgundians as Destiny's child. And I was like, what? That's that's exactly what I said. I was I like, said. what? I was like, sit down. We got to have a conversation about what you just said. I'm Sorry. like, Destiny's child had a revolving door? So I looked at it. Revolving up. door? It was not a revolving no, door. No, it wasn't. He, he is trying to, he's trying to compare himself to a group that was good. And it's just ridiculous. They yes. do not have a revolving door. No, they did have a little bit of a shakeup. So in February of 2000, two of the original members of Destiny's Child, Lativa Robertson and Latoya Luckett, were dismissed by the manager of their group, Matthew Knowles, Beyonce's, Beyonce's dad. dad. And they were complaining that he was favoring his daughter. Mm-hmm. It was Beyonce. So, you know, maybe for good reason. And then the backup singers, Farrah Franklin and Michelle Williams, were immediately promoted into the group. And then Farrah Franklin was released six months later because she missed some appearances, promotional appearances. So there was a little bit of a shakeup. There was, but a revolving door. But it was not a revolving door. It was not a revolving door like, I think it was the Burgundians were more like Menudo without Mm. the talent. Yeah, okay. This is what it is. So Menudo, if you don't remember, Puerto Rican boy band. They generally had five members at a time. They are one of the biggest boy bands ever. Ricky Martin was in Menudo. Basically, there were five of them to start, and so they generally always had five members. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, there were a few more. Sometimes there was a little bit less. They generally would start when they were about 12 12 years old, and by 15 or so, they would graduate from the group, and someone would replace them. And Mm -hmm. this happened for, for 1979 is when they were first no i'm sorry 1977 was okay. when they were first formed and then uh they got their first replacement in 1978 and then the next one in 1979 so there was this literally a revolving door until like 
2007 when they broke up. Yeah, it's more like uh, Mickey Mouse Club. Yes. Like, you know. Right. That That is much, yeah. All Except of all of, of those people, Menudo, Mickey Mouse Club, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Those people had talent. Those people had talent. They had like singing and dancing like, talent. Like real things happening. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say that the Burgundians weren't talented in some ways. But it wasn't in music but and they, dance. They, it, well, certainly not all together. So mm-hmm. you may have had... One that could dance and one that was musical, but like never as a group to the point where they could really do anything. No. But I knew Menudo because when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. they would have their little music videos, like four minute music videos on ABC, ABC (laughs) on Saturday morning. I loved it when Menudo came on. They were so uh, cute. They're so cute. <laughs> That's how I felt about the MMC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're so cute. They were so cute. Mm-hmm. And they are still so cute because mm-hmm. they're all so like successful. That's right. So one of the first experiments with the Burgundians was removing all stress. <laughs> wow, that's like not possible in its entirety. But Healthline does have some suggestions about how to relieve stress so yes. that you might feel better within yourself and more confident and more beautiful. I like that part of it. Now, of course, sure. they say exercise, eat right. Mm-hmm. They also suggest minimizing your phone time. So if you can take a little break from your phone, mm-hmm. that can be helpful. Oh, I don't like this one. I literally wrote no like next to it. Reduce your caffeine intake. Oh, Whoops. Yeah. (laughs) But they do say that uh, overconsumption can make you feel more anxious and it can harm your sleep, Mm -hmm. which then contributes to the anxiousness again. But it's quite a lot of coffee. Four to five cups minimum to be too much, could be too much. So like, Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm I'm flirting with that line. Yes. I would say you're, borderline Uh (laughs) Um, but you know yeah yeah. this was i'm looking at the coffee cup Uh on our on the desk right now and going "Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm." that's that's fine (laughs) it's fine and everybody handles it differently that's a guideline maybe your tolerance is higher and you're not as bothered maybe so uh spend time with friends and family if you can create boundaries and learn to say no yeah so if you don't want to do something or cannot do something or have a conflict don't feel like you have to say yes Mm -hmm. i find it's much easier to say no now that i'm a little older yeah that helps yeah uh avoid procrastination and that's hard too it is hard but i do find that if i make myself lists and i have things done earlier rather than later i do feel much better about it and i'm much less stressed so yeah i I, I feel like for me i've just learned to function in the dysfunction because um, (laughs) with the procrastination i'm all like it just means i ain't ready to do it yet and and just because i got it under the right at the deadline i don't want stressed about that okay well see right like because i'm like well that's when it was due right so that's not a stress (laughs) for you it's not a stress for me I finished yeah. making my notes for this podcast mm-hmm. last night at about 6.20. Yeah. And that was a little bit stressful for me because I like to have it done earlier in the day, yeah. the day before we record. Right. And yeah. So, so yeah, if, the, if, procrastin- if you're procrastinating, yeah. 
then then that is I feel like if you're procrastinating, it's proof that you feel anxiety. Like the anxiety sure. you feel might be proof. Otherwise, you might just be really like, you know, this is the precise about your time management. And that's also I don't fine. Know. Right. But like, yeah, that you don't want to make you want to do things that make you anxious when no. you know they make you anxious. Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah. and you don't always get a choice. But no, you don't. You don't. Sometimes, you know, you can make choices. Yeah. So and if it wasn't your choice, give yourself a break. It wasn't procrastination. Right. You just rolled the punches. Mm-hmm. So you could also spend time in nature. Oh, yes. That that's a helpful. big one. Yes, it is. And <laughs> so I have another podcast, a Prince podcast. Mm-hmm. And as part of that podcast, occasionally I will do appearances on other shows. Right. So I went on another show and talked about a song that wasn't released until after Prince's death called Moonbeam Levels. Mm-hmm. And one of the first lines is that he's has writer's block and he's going to go lay down on the ground and look up at the sky and try mm-hmm. and feel the world turn. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's such a nice way to talk about yeah. going and spending time in nature. Yeah. And let me tell you, since I've heard that song, which probably the first time I heard it was in 2016. Okay. I'll do that every three or four months. I'll just go outside and I'll lay down in the grass and look up at the sky. Yeah. And just try and like feel the world turn. Yeah. I do try and like, and I'm like, and I always feel better afterwards. That's great. Always. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I mean, and it may be hiking or, you know, just it could be sitting outside like yeah. or, you know, going to a coffee shop and sitting at the outdoor, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But I spend so much time outside yeah, because on my porch, like yeah. if I'm home, I'm often outside. Like I was watching a movie outside. I do have a TV out there. Right. I love the whole indoor outdoor thing. Right. So like I'm out outside on my porch. It was beautiful. But today. it was beautiful. And I was watching Air Force One. <laughs> oh, oh, fun. Still holds up, actually. It's pretty good. And (laughs) spend time with your pet. Uh, I thought that was particularly germane. Maybe if Maurizio had spent a little more time with (laughs) Gunter, he'd have had to do less, quote unquote, experiments with the Burgundians. The whole answer was right there in the daggum German Shepherd. It's so precious. Spend time with your pet. Can you tell I'm a little annoyed with Maurizio? <laughs> well, I'm annoyed with him too. I have compassion, but I'm annoyed. I, I feel all that too. Because I, I mean, oh, gosh. Yeah. All right. And so I like to end on something kind yes, of fun. You do. So not that this whole episode hasn't been fun because it generally has. And actually um, that last point really has me rolling. I'm just so funny. It's just, wow. Yeah. But uh, Gunther is the richest pet. Mm-hmm. What are other rich pets? Ooh, yeah. Let's talk about the other rich pets. Other rich pets. There's Doug the Pug. Oh. So Doug the Pug has about 12 million followers on his social media channels. Um, he is in the Oscar-nominated animation Mitchell versus the Machines. He voiced the dog, okay. Mochi. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And that's evidently one of the first times that it actual dog has been the voice in a feature animated movie. Interesting. For an animal. Well done, Doug. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets about uh, $22,000 per Instagram post. What? Yeah. Okay. I got to stop right there because I won't get mad. I know. All right. Pontiac who is Betty White's dog. Oh. Yes. She had set up a trust with $5 million in it for him, um, but he, he preceded her in death, so he didn't ever get to 
do that, but he was counted as one of the wealthy animals because mm-hmm. uh, he would have gotten it had he outlived her and the money went to charity instead. Oh. Yeah. There's Choupette, who is the cat of Carl Lagerfeld. It's a Berman kitty, very white, fluffy kitty. Oh. And when he died, he left a vast inheritance. The amount is not disclosed Ooh. in the trust for his pet. Beloved cat. Mm-hmm. Fluffy. Uh, yes. But the kitty is very, very photogenic. Very, very cute. Went and looked at uh, Choupette's. Instagram. Oh my god! Very, very blue eyes and this kind of cream-colored cat. Oh. He's very fluffy and lovely, and um, he's made about four and a half million. Or no, she. I'm sorry. She has made about four and a half million dollars in her own right from modeling and endorsements. Okay. Jif Palm is a Pomeranian. He oh. has yeah. He's like twenty million TikTok followers. Um, and a calendar and a book. I am Jif Palm Calendar. He's okay. just an adorable little dog who's got a lot of followers on the social media networks. He is tiny, 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 and very, very cute. Oh, okay. Yes. Then there's Sadie, Sunny, Lauren, Layla, and Luke. And those are Oprah Winfrey's dogs. Oh, okay. She has, for whatever dogs survive her in death... She has a $30 million trust for her dogs. Whoa. It's already all set up and funded and whatever. And whenever she passes, any dogs. I have no idea. It's not disclosed. Oh, gosh. Wow. Yeah. Somebody, somebody's going to have. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, well. It's going to be Gail. I mean, if Gail, I mean, if Gail's still. But then maybe. Why? There's got to be somebody. Yeah. Somebody. Then there's Olivia Benson. Wait, like the like the SUV the, detective name? Yeah, that's the cat. It's a Scottish fold cat, which means they have little funny oh, yeah, felded the ears, little tiny ears, and it's Taylor Swift's cat. Oh, is she named Olivia Benson? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I love this so much. She uh, has done work in music videos and ads. For Diet Coke and Keds, she's famous because Taylor Swift set up an Instagram for her cat. Mm-hmm. She's worth ninety-seven million dollars. Oh my god, my my pets are cute. Uh huh. I know. I mean, we we what what? Hmm. <laughs> Goals. <laughs> Wheels turning. Yeah, I can see him. I, and then there's uh, Nala Cat, who is a Siamese. Persian mix who was adopted from the shelter and she just is real cute and blue eyes and does uh, brand endorsements and things and is Mm -hmm. worth about a hundred million dollars. Wow. So maybe your cat or your cat or one of your dogs or both of your dogs can be Instagram influencers. And I mean, that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. And then of course the most Gunter. Gunter. He's the richest. Yeah. By far. Yeah. So Next time. Next time. I so can't wait for this. Me too. Have you ever wanted to move, like really move, like really far away? Yep. Yeah. Like how about the moon far away? Well, that's the delightful worlds that Billy Crudup might have a spot to sell us 
in the Apple TV show Hello Tomorrow. I cannot wait. I'm really looking forward to this. And we'll probably I think they're half hour shows, so we'll probably do two. Yeah. There's that a, there's good. several out right now. They're not all out just yet, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Which might tick your husband off a little bit. Oh yeah, we hate that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll do we'll do a couple of them. Sounds I think good. it might take a couple to get into anything kind of yeah. crimey. I know that there's uh some uh disconcernment about the rockets taking off on time. That's really all I know. I don't so know, but like, like, can we sell spots on the moon? That's a whole thing. Well, in this universe. In this universe. Actually, that's a big thing that they're talking about now. You know, they have to create new policies for corporate uh, corporate holdings on the moon. It's a whole new discussion that oh, the State geez. Department is having to have. It is all tomorrow. Right. It is tomorrow. Hello. Hello. And with that... Be safe, be kind, and wash your hands.